This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we are back for another edition of The Onside Kick right here on Most Valuable Podcast, your one-stop shop for all the greatest NFL news and analysis. We got a jam-packed show, Mark. I know you're a happy camper. That's right. Bears today announcing their head coach, Matt Nagy. We're going to talk about that. Is he the right guy for the job in Chicago? Going to also talk about the team that he left in the Kansas City Chiefs and should they fire Andy Reid. Then we're going to dive into some NFL draft looking at the New York Giants, their number two pick, before we preview the divisional round games for this week. But before we get into everything, a little bit of housekeeping here at the beginning. Number one, if you haven't already, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash Podcast. That is how you help support the channel. And at the $10 tier, you can be on the podcast like Christian has been, like Patrick has been, like Jake has been, like Matthew will be. So you can join the podcast, talk about whatever topic you would like. Also, check out mostvaluablepodcast.com. We have a new website, new look, new website because of our wonderful patrons at patreon.com backslash mostvaluablepodcast. Also, sell an MVP t-shirts. That information is down below in the description. Make sure to check it out how you can get your own MVP gear. And last but not least, if you're on iTunes right now, if you have an iTunes account, please go and give the Onside Kick a five-star rating on iTunes. It would mean the world to us and then do the rest for the most valuable podcasts podcast. That's kind of redundant, but that's what it sounds like. But we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears first. And Mark, you're a happy camper. Matt Nagy had his press conference today. And before we get into the whole thing of, you know, is he the right hire for the Bears? What's your general reaction as the resident Bear fan here on the podcast? Um, I think going through it, I, when it first happened, I was surprised it happened so quickly. Um, and then I was also thinking, I like it. It's a, was he the, the first guy that we, you know, I was going to jump out Mm -hmm. at, uh, maybe not, but going and doing some of this research and, and looking at him, trying to answer my own questions I had, you know, everything I saw, I liked more and more and more. Uh, and now with this press conference, you know, you got to put something out there of these press conferences are essentially pointless. You know, yeah, it's, you get it's the just, up, though. Yeah, it's essentially just a, uh, hi, nice to meet you. My name is Matt. We're going to have some fun together over the next few years. Hopefully we're going <laughs> to win some games. Hopefully the next few years, yeah. not like two and then you're done. Yeah, hopefully you don't even get shutted. Oh, just God. with one year. Or Vance um, Joseph. He almost got that fate. Well, he didn't get chosen. almost did. <laughs> he didn't get almost Vance Joseph. <laughs> uh, and, it, you know, the, these are kind of pointless. I mean, you don't really say anything. Uh, he doesn't have a staff put together, although mm-hmm. I'm sure he's got something in his head. Uh, he talks about how he doesn't have, you know, hasn't had a full opportunity to really, really look over the roster, even though I'm sure he has. Mm-hmm. You know, it's essentially just one of these, you're not really saying anything. But you're just saying a few things to get people excited. Uh, but with that being said, he said things that got me excited. I mean, I really like his personality. It's very infectious. You know, you can't really, you can't listen to him talk without getting excited yourself. You can just hear. Well, he's the an excitement. optimistic guy. Yeah, he's he's optimistic. 
Um, he's excited. You can tell that he is a Ryan Pace kind of guy. Mm-hmm. If you put Ryan Pace in a room and you put Matt Nagy in the room, you were going to be the most excited person in the world <laughs> because these are the two most optimistic and positive thinking kind of uh, men in mm-hmm. football right now. And I think that's kind of cool. I mean, he's very different than Tressman, than John Fox, than Lovey Smith, than Dick Geron, you know, very different than what Chicago has had in the past like two decades. Um, so it's going to be interesting and I, and I, I can get into some other things first as well, but, um, you know, as much as I'm excited to read comments of what Chicago bears fans watching this video think about him, mm-hmm. uh, just from, you know, the press conference and stuff like that, uh, as a not bears fan, it's kind of cool that you even yourself was like, I like this guy. I do. And here's the thing that I, and I don't mean to say this is like shitting all over your parade and bears fans parades is Number one, I liked it, and I'm I'm listening to him talk, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm not a bear fan, but he's getting me excited, and like I'm optimistic for what we're gonna see from the Bears with Mitch Trubisky. But I'm sitting there and I'm watching this press conference during my lunch, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, after a while, I'm looking at him and I'm going, I've felt this way before. Where have like when have I felt this feeling before? I'm eerily having deja vu right now. And then it hit me. I'm like, Ricky, you're a fan of the Illinois Fighting Illini. Their basketball team a while ago hired John Gross, who very much, very similar, I would say, to a Nagy hire right now. Because Nagy, the big thing, and we're going to get into it, the big weakness that he has, we were talking about inexperience with DeFilippo um, last week, Nagy's the same way. Like, he's only been an offensive coordinator for two seasons. He's before that been a coaching intern, coaching assistant, where he kind of talked about today. With the coaching assistant, he was on both sides of the ball. Then the offensive quality um, content coach, where he basically was just on the offensive side, being the assistant for the offensive coordinator, and I'm sitting there going, holy shit, it's kind of similar where you've seen John Gross where he's been with Taylor in the NAIA, then he was with NC State, then Butler. But then he followed Thad Mata, basically, hey, we're going to Xavier, all right, we're going to Ohio State. And I'm sitting there going, Andy Reid, Thad Mata. Two coaches to where it's like, are they top five coaches? No. But are they good coaches? Yeah, they're pretty good coaches. And then an experience. Then I'm thinking like, oh, remember those press conferences that you'd be like, I would sit there and go, yeah, I like John Gross, but uh, could we uh, win some uh, Big Ten conference games? That would be nice. I think, and I get, I mm-hmm. get that Nagy hasn't coached a game, but that is the bottom line. Of course, that's what's going to come down yeah, to. You got to win games. Right now, it's hey, I like the guy. He's a good guy. He gives me hope. But my only worry, if there is one, is. Is that going to translate to us winning games? Because I want whatever's going to translate to us winning games. Which that's is how fair. I was feel. That's what I, I mean, feel as a Bear fan. And he he even hinted at it a little bit. And um, and I don't remember if this was his press conference or an interview he had uh, mm-hmm. with one of the radio stations here in Chicago. Because um, he did his rounds. Yeah, he did. He did a lot of rounds. Um, but he was saying something of, you know, you can have a coach that is uh, – of a teaching mentality. You can have a coach that is a, I'm going to yell in your face mentality Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter because everybody's styles work for something, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of what it is. I mean, every, 
you're just kind of doing whatever it takes to win. That's what matters. And he hasn't coached a game yet for the Chicago Bears. Um, and his team has not even really been assembled yet because there's a lot of guys who contracts are over. Mm-hmm. A lot of new people going to be coming in. Um, he comes from a West Coast style uh, Andy Reid tree. But at the same time, he is potentially going to be a little bit more spread based because that's really the things that he would introduce in those, you know, those, I think it was five games uh, for the Chiefs that he was play calling for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of run pass options, things like that. Uh, but, you know, we're, we haven't seen any of that. Who knows what's going to happen? He might be 4 3, he might be 3 4, he might say, Screw it, well, nickel, all he, the time. Well, he even talked about that in the press exactly. conference. He said that everyone's going to talk about 3-4 or 4-3, and he's like, basically, we're in an NFL where there's sometimes where teams stay in the nickel the entire time. Yep. And it's like a confusing kind of front. So he goes, maybe we're just going to mix like mix things in and out, mm-hmm. and sometimes we're nickel, sometimes we're 3-4, and sometimes we're 4-3. it really is going to come down to, you know, we just got to see it. And this first year... Because mm-hmm. people are going to get excited. We're Chicago Bears fans. I've We've alre- seen it in the videos. Well, in every comment. You know, I've already heard the Ram Sean McVay comparisons. Yeah. We see it in every every comment section we have. You know, the Bears fans get excited, and I, I totally get it. I definitely do. Um, they're probably going to be sixteen and zero next year. Um, but let's temper it for a moment uh-huh. um, before we get to an eighteen and one perfect season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to to think about the fact that this is a guy who needs to get some of the experience. He's got play calling experience now. He's got offensive coordinator experience. He's a quarterback uh, kind of guy. He can work with a quarterback. Um, but he said it in this press conference of the fact that, you know, when talking about the Kansas City game where he was play calling in the second half, a lot mm-hmm. of people are saying, no, Andy Reid took it back over. Um which would have been weird for Andy Reid to be like, hey, you got us here, but now I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, would have been a weird thing to have happen. And he took ownership of it and said it's a learning experience, and I think that's what this next year is going to be. And a lot of Chicago fans are going to be a little disappointed with that because this is Mitch's second year, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be the hopefully the first time he has a full NFL season. Uh, it's the coach's first year. Who knows what the offensive coordinator could be. It could be... Uh, for example, it could be, you know, the quarterback's coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe he brings him with, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what direction Vic Fangio might be there. He might not be there. A lot of changes, a lot of growing pains. At least just got to see what happens. At least Bear fans can look and say, thank God Dow Loggins ain't going to be there. That's right. Basically, thank God that he's going to be in Miami with that case. But uh, the, yeah. the biggest worry that I had when they announced the hire of Nagy, what was it, yesterday they announced it, but then today they were doing the um, interviews and actually naming him head coach. My initial thought, and I know that in our text group, Sean was trying to say that, well, he wasn't an offensive coordinator in Philly, so my point didn't really didn't suffice, whereas today during the press conference, he kind of proved my point where even though he was an offensive quality control coach, he still was in the quarterback room and was learning and kind of interacting with these quarterbacks. My concern when they named him was, all right, I know last year he worked with Mahomes. I know last year he was working with some of these quarterbacks 
to draft one of them for the Kansas City Chiefs. However, when it comes to working with starting quarterbacks, the main three that he's had to work with is Donovan McNabb when he was already an established vet, Michael Vick when he was already an established vet. That was actually post-prison Michael Vick. Well, yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah, that Hydra Beagle, Vicks and Eagle, and then Alex Smith. So that was my initial worry of he's never had a quarterback as the starter or his team has never a had one. one. That's a young one because young quarterbacks are going to go mm-hmm. through learning pains. However, yep. to hit the press conference, it. kind of tempered those worries mm-hmm. of how he talked about Mitch and not just talked about Mitch, talked about how – well, you know, when we interviewed him for the 15 minutes of the combine, he was like, you know what? I wasn't really that hot on him. I thought he was like well, a temper. Not, He's like. That's not quite what he well, said. He but was like, I, he didn't. He, he, thought, he thought Mitch was introverted and yeah. scripted. Which he said about 90% of the quarterbacks. All of them are scripted. Plus, are he way. said in those 15 minutes, yeah. you don't get a good read mm. for most of them. But then when he had him for like four or six hours, he was like, this kid gets it. This kid yeah. knows it. But he also said about Mahomes. That working with Mahomes this year opened his eyes of saying, you know, oh, I'm talking about things that this guy doesn't understand yet. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm using terminology that he doesn't know mm-hmm. and things like that. And I think that's an important thing. And he seems to be a, a couple things. One, he seems to be very much of the I'm a teaching kind of coach. Two, he also said it himself that he's a leader of men. Uh, which I like that. I, I think that'll be good. It's a very inspirational, motivational thing. That's he something said, that John Fox actually was good at. Um, as much as we all criticize John Fox for a variety of things, he was good at motivating the team. He said the most important word, too. The most important word that starts with a C. Culture. Oh, I hate that. He said build, like building. A, I think it's so dumb. When I Because when he said that, the first thing I think of was— Bill Belichick, well, I know. That's I one know. of them, but more importantly— I looked at, and maybe it's because mm-hmm. recently I watched the SI little video they had of Sean McVay when he was um, in his early days of the Rams. Basically, Sean McVay had to come in and be like, this is this is our how we're going to approach each day, each hour, each minute, and this is going to be our kind of pyramid of excellence and mm-hmm. get that. That's what Nagy's going to have to do in Chicago is I, I mean you might say oh, I hate that word but basically let's change well, culture and go work ethic I don't I, I I don't to me all culture as a coach means mm-hmm. is I'm gonna come in here and I'm gonna say do what I say or get the fuck out that's all coach that's all culture means I mean that's Bill Belichick says it all the time you know having this uh this culture of do your job mm-hmm. do your job means do what bill belichick says or get the fuck out of here and he does it every year gets rid of guys um you know i i i give zero care or anything to the culture thing for the nfl cuz to me it it's a it's a word that people put stock in that doesn't really mean very much. But with that being said, mm-hmm. I think that really Nagy doesn't have to do that much. John Fox already did that work for him. John Fox, are, if you're going to talk about culture, John Fox already instilled a culture of motivating players. Players wanted to play in Chicago. Mm-hmm. At no point in this horrible season where they somehow managed to be a five-win team did any of these players actually give up on the team. Which could have been a six-win season if Garoppolo didn't play. Could you, have could been, have, you could have beat the 49ers sure. if Garoppolo didn't play. 
We could hey, <laughs> we could have win every single game that yeah. Mike Glennon played True. if Mike Glennon didn't play. Um, the, the thing that I kind of – and maybe this is because I used to be an educator. Mm-hmm. I relate it so closely to like what I would – the same kind well, of tactics. Coaching and teaching are yeah. basically the same thing. What I would kind of use with like when I was a, in the band side of it is you're coming into a job that's like, you know what? The guy before me did it this way, but – it's like, okay, he laid down this foundation. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to, like, Nagy's got to come in and just tweak it. Well, he's going to come in there and, he's gonna and put have his, it be done the way he wants it to be done. He's going to put his fingerprints mm-hmm. all over it. And for me, the big thing is, is what are they, because he was kind of talking about the roster a little bit. And two of the big things that I think will benefit him is Mitch, I think, will grow with Nagy as the head coach. You know who else I think is going to be phenomenal under Nagy? Tariq Cohen. Like, when he was talking about running backs who can run and being a pass mm-hmm. catcher in the backfield, I was like, you know what? Jordan Howard's not bad. But I feel like Tariq Cohen is going to benefit greatly with having Nagy's style, Nagy's offense mm-hmm. behind that, in that offense. My only question was when he was talking about the wide receivers, and I know that Inman came over and he was a— kind of decent addition for you guys. Yeah, he was fine. That was, was the thing that I need. Like, Brandon brought it up before he left, before um, we recorded tonight, was the big thing that the Chiefs had is they've got Travis Kelsey and um, Tyreek Evans. Hill. Or Tyreek Hill. Besides those two guys, yeah. their wide receivers are diddly-poo. Mm-hmm. So it's like with the Bears, I feel like that's what you need to do. You need to get one or two guys that you can be like, okay, these are our rocks. Sure. And have Mitch, okay, these are your go-to targets. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's pretty pretty much what any team wants mm-hmm. to do is have two, three good receiving options. Um, and But th- at the same time, we still don't 100% know really what Nagy's going to do with the offense. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a West Coast offense? Is it going to be a spread offense? What do, you think, be what do you think he'll do? I think it's going to be a little bit, I think it'll ha- it'll reference West Coast, but I think it's going to be a little more spread. Okay. Um, and I definitely think that he's going to want to take advantage of Mitch Trubisky's ability to run the ball. You know, I mean, we saw it a little bit from Dal Loggins and John Fox of, of mm-hmm. the you know using a run pass option, uh, or you know the designed runs. Um, not even just the bootleg. I mean, the bootleg too, but actual option plays mm-hmm. for for Mitch to make that decision and design quarterback runs as well, and I think we'll see more of that. Um, but at the same time, I think what we're hopefully going to see is Jordan Howard being Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. you know, because they're both top running backs in the NFL, uh, top young running backs in the NFL. You know, Tariq Cohen, I definitely could see some things coming out of him, but I really am nervous about Tariq Cohen just kind of being a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. Um we see it from speedsters, you know, those like young, quick motion type of guys, yeah. those joystick players. Mm-hmm. We see it every now and then of, wow, they're really awesome. And then two, three years later, we don't even remember their names. Um, and I hope that's not the case because I really like him in the in the offense. And I like what he can do, but who knows? If there's one thing that Nagy can take from Andy Reid, and we're going to get to Andy Reid in a little bit, but... If there's one thing he can take from Andy Reid that'll be so beneficial to the Bears, it's what he talked about during the press conference today of how Andy Reid is a great motivator. And it got me thinking, like, holy shit, just think of Kansas City alone. 
You have the Kareem Hunt story, which before their game I was watching pregame, and in the interview he said, like, yeah, on my first NFL carry, because John Gruden's yeah. like, you fumbled. And he's like, yeah, I fi-. like he's like, I don't even remember the last time I fumbled. But he's like, Andy Reid came up to me, and he was like, you got this, we're coming back. Like, mm-hmm. be ready, we're coming to you next offensive possession again. And just having that motivation. Trust. Think, think about a guy like Tyreek um, Hill, where coming out of college, one of the big things that I know everyone was talking about was, uh, shouldn't be in the NFL, the whole beating his girlfriend thing. Andy Reid having trust in Tyreek Hill, I would assume helped him have the confidence to do what he did. And most importantly, Alex Smith. Alex Smith coming over from San Francisco where it's like, great. I just got beat out by Colin Kaepernick. Everyone's calling me a bust. I don't think that that really got to him. But really, it was one of those things where and Alex Smith was in a position where waited out. He can go either way of I'm going to tank or I'm going to do well. And having a coach like Andy Reid to be like, no, 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 you got this. I believe mm. in you. Yeah, I believe helped him play well, up to what he could be, and Nagy's got to have that. A few of the things that he talked about was communication, uh, honesty, and trust. And the with communication, the lack of or failure of mm. communication at times. Yeah, and and he really kind of put a lot out there. And I, I think what we're going to see is we're going to see that trust. And mm-hmm. he specifically mentioned trust when talking about Mitch. a quarterback's relationship with his coach. Mm-hmm. Um. And he also put it out there because we've we talked about Mitch quite a bit. Uh, of it's not just about the quarterback; it's about the coach. And he even said this was in the in a radio interview when they asked mm-hmm. um, they asked him on on six seventy um, the score. Yeah, uh, Bernstein and Goff. Okay, on their show they asked. I believe it was their show. Um, I don't know. It's been a long day, uh, <laughs> but they they asked him, "Do you think you're going to win with Mitch, or do you think you're going to win because of Mitch?" And he his answer was we're gonna win with Mitch, you know it's not just one player mm-hmm. and especially not just a young player you can't put all that on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got development to still go through and everything and it's a team game, but he really emphasizes the trust aspect and I think that's what we're gonna get a lot of. One hundred percent, I believe this is gonna be a players type of coach. Um, I think him coming and being a player uh, is going to help that. I think his history of not going to a well, he went to a D one school, but not going to you know your FBS kind mm-hmm. of school. Having to go to uh, a lesser. You're talking about Nagy going to Delaware. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I don't want to harp on in case there's any Delaware fans out there. I mean, Joe Flacco went there. Yeah, he did. Um, go Blue Hens. In case there's any Delaware fans out there, I'm not making fun <laughs> of your school. I'm just saying it's not you know it's not top choice necessarily mm-hmm. for a young high schooler. No, not getting. To to really play in the NFL, having to go to the Arena Football League, uh, and then being a real estate agent, you know, like this is the story of a guy who understands expectations not quite going where you would hoped or not quite meeting your expectations. This is a guy who understands that sometimes you got to fight a little bit harder. I think those type of background um, characteristics are really going to make him motivate players to go forward, to play harder, to fight through adversity, especially because Chicago gets injured all the time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's something that gets fixed. But when you have that next man up mentality, you got to teach these guys and get it in their heads of, uh, and in their blood really of you just keep fighting, you just keep working harder. And these things, you can get through them and you can still win and you can still succeed. 
before we end the segment, I'm going to do a little... In my mind, there are two people, two pro athletes mm-hmm. that I know went to Delaware. Do you know who I'm thinking of? Well, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's one of them. The other no one idea used else. to play in Chicago in the WNBA. Oh, well, I don't... Elena Deladon. Okay. Elena Deladon went to Delaware. <laughs> the only two people in pro sports I mean, I'm not, that I know went to Delaware. Once again, in case there are any WNBA fans out there, I'm not making fun of your league. <laughs> I've just never heard of her. Because I don't... But she's a good player, let's right? Let's be completely honest. The only reason I know of her uh-huh. was she was drafted highly by the Chicago Sky. Yeah, I was going to say, I, it. she's a good player, I'm guessing. She's no longer with... She got traded from us and is now with the Washington Mystics. So maybe she wasn't that good. No, she's good. Okay. So we we, 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 we screwed that up. But, that was a mistake. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I think it was a contract issue. Basically, it was, you're going to leave us and so we're going to trade you. Kind of a thing. I believe it is. WNBA fans let me know. But, yeah, they're the only two yeah. people I know from Delaware. But this is where you guys come in. Bear fans, let us know what you guys think of the hire of Matt Nagy. I almost said Mike Nagy. Matt nope. Nagy, what do you think? And is it the right hire for the Bears? Let us know in the comment section. But, Mark, let's move into our next topic. And I am going to be completely honest for those of you on YouTube that have clicked this video and are already typing in the comment section. This is a very first take like title. However, because of what happened to the Chiefs this past weekend, you blow a lead like they did. You lose to the Titans where Marcus Mariota was making his first playoff career start. I'm going to just blatantly ask, Mark, Mm -hmm. should the Chiefs fire Andy Reid? No, they shouldn't fire Andy Reid, but I don't think the question is that ridiculous to ask. Mm-hmm. From the mindset of a similar mindset that we talk about, not comparing it, but to a Marvin Lewis, Chuck Pagano, you know, these guys where we kept saying, uh, when is enough enough? Mm-hmm. You know, when do you get sick of it? Um, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are a different team than, say, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um where it's not a mediocre team, mm-hmm. you know. I do believe that Andy Reid has potential to get somewhere. I mean, when it comes to the playoffs, he's almost fifty percent. So only been to the Super Bowl once. I mean, I if you want to sit there, you know, everybody loses in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Except for that one team that wins. Yeah. So people like to say, well, he lost this year, he lost that year. You know, he's lost three times in a row. But it's not. Marvin Lewis, where it's loss, 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 loss. Only loss, that loss. he has, he's won. You know, mm-hmm. he he has won. He did win a playoff game in 2015 for Kansas City. Um, in the playoffs, they just ran into do the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know, they've. I think this loss is the only truly. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. The the loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers was kind of embarrassing too. These last two losses have been a little embarrassing. Um. But at the same time, he's a great coach. I mean, you can't get around the fact that he is a good coach. If you really were to fire him right now and go out into uh, the wilderness of the coaching search, the Mm -hmm. carousel, who are you going to get today that's going to be better than Andy Reid? Well, here's what it is. And from what I feel is two things. One— Adam Schefter was talking on, I think it was Adam Shefty, on NFL Live. And he, no, was it? 
I don't know. I think it was. It was someone on ESPN. They made the comment of like, oh, it was Shefty because he's like, I used to report for Kansas City and I used to be on the sidelines for their games. And he goes, the one thing that it's like when you're there is it's like a playoff game. You're an arrowhead. They'll go down three nothing in the first. And the kind of just feeling of that stadium is like, oh, not again. Oh, this is not going to end well. And it's like, dude, it's 3 nothing in the first. And just hearing that, I was like, this is yet again another segment where it's like, holy crap, I felt that before. Sure. You want to know why I felt that? Cub fans. Every time in the playoffs, it's... Well, we're down one run. Fuck it. It's over. It's the end. The curse is here. Well, that's because there are no, there's no such thing as a real Cubs fan. Except for like people like me. It's all a bunch of bandwagoners. Mickey Morandini, my favorite Cub of all time. Mm-hmm. Favorite Cub of all time, Mickey Morandini. However, sure. that's what I related to is like, yeah. oh my God, I felt that before. Like, I remember being in the playoffs the year we won the World Series and being like, Fuck, like, no, we're not, like, we're down two runs, it's Mm. over, it's not going to happen. Like, doubting your team. It's a proven fact that if you go on Twitter and post Mm -hmm. only negative shit about your team during the game, they'll probably win to prove you wrong. It's a proven fact. However, Uh, it's, should he be fired? No. The question, though, and what I think the answer is also no, is Andy Reid the guy to get the Chiefs over the hump? Is he that one? Is he the, to relate it back to the Cubs, is he the Joe Madden or is he the Lou Pinella? Lou Pinella got us to, I know Dusty Baker did also, but Lou Pinella got us to the playoffs consistently. Couldn't get us over that hump. I Joe think, Madden got mm-hmm. us over the hump. Yes, it also was young talent and Theo had something. It's not a perfect comparison. The point is, is Andy yeah. Reid the one to get the Chiefs over that hump and into the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl before, mm-hmm. um, and I just kind of, I mean, it's, it's been a long time, but still, I, I look at it and I think this is a good team. What scares me a little bit mm-hmm. is what's going to happen with Alex Smith because Sean is is about to love me for a second, but Patrick th- Mahomes is starting next year. Well, that's kind of where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we've seen the most we're going to see out of Alex Smith. Yeah. We're not going to see him getting better. Well, he's a game manager. We're not going to see more. I mean, what what they were able – I mean, not to not to toot my new coach's horn here, mm-hmm. but what Matt Nagy was able to get out of Alex Smith, uh, especially this year, has been great. Mm-hmm. This has been awesome. This has been a great year for Alex Smith. He will take it. And probably go to some other team with it. Um, I think it'll only be downhill from here for him. Uh, it's going to be what they can put for, you know, what coach they can get to really coach up Mahomes. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to be something that's important for it, uh, for the offensive coordinator side, uh, for your quarterback coach side. You know, that's going to be something that's important. They got to foster that um, development process because. Alex Smith is not going to be the quarterback that's going to get you to the Super Bowl. Um, but I think Mahomes has the potential to do it. We just kind of have to you know, hope that he can continue to develop. Andy Reid will ensure that you get close. Mm-hmm. I mean, the man's only had, what, two years below 500 um, 
If you include the 500 seasons, he's only had four seasons that were yeah. 500 or below out of his insanely long career of it's getting close to two decades, you know, 18 years. I'm sorry. I missed one. He had one extra below 500, but he will always get you there. He will always get you close. What he needs is the people, uh, you know, the players that can go above and beyond and take you that extra level. I mean, if you had Andy Reid with like an Aaron Rodgers, you know, if you had him with a Drew Brees, one of these top tier quarterbacks, there's no doubt that this guy will win Super Bowl year Super Bowls year after year. He needs that. And I'm not saying that he hasn't had good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he had that caliber of a quarterback. I'm not well, putting Donovan McNabb or Michael Vick or Alex Smith at that Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees well, level. The best quarterback he's ever had is Donovan McNabb. Yeah. That's the best one. But also the thing with the McNabb ones was the, like, I'm starting, I know 2001 was the start of the championship, the conference championship runs. But, like, right now I'm looking at the 2002 season they had a fairly good defense. Like, guys that are on this team that it's like, holy shit. I don't, like, Troy Vincent. I looked at, um, what was it? A young Al Harris, a Brian Dawkins. They had um, Brian Westbrook this year, that mm-hmm. year that was big for them. The wide receivers were kind of like, okay, like, not, it was nothing like huge until, like, maybe it's me because I was so young when T.O. came to town. Well, sure. And it was basically T.O. Like, I'm looking at 03 right now and, Basically, the best receiver, I'm not even, like, maybe it was because I was so young. I was 13 years old. I didn't really, like, focus on any of the Philadelphia wide receivers. Then in 08, I believe? No. It was the 04 season was the T.O. season. Mm -hmm. That's when they went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. That was the year I thought for sure the Eagles were going to win that Super Bowl. I really did. Part of it was because I hated the Patriots, but... If they were in New York, maybe they would have. Maybe they would have in New York, but... I just I feel like is Andy Reid a bad coach? No, and I feel stupid for asking that question. I just have a hard time believing if he's the guy to get the Chiefs over the hump. I feel like Andy Reid is that coach for the Chiefs, where it's like he turned our he turned our team around, he set up the foundation for now for us to after this next after this year, let's go get a guy who can work with Mahomes because virtually, yeah, Mahomes will be his third year next year, not this year. So not 2018, but 2019 mm-hmm. will be his third year. Virtually you're hoping the same thing with like Goff and Trubisky where it's one, the first year is a full starter. Then in that second year as a full starter, we get you a coach to be yours, to lock in and be yours. However, Andy Reid, it's like the thing I like about him, like I mentioned the first segment, the motivator, the the guy who, like hearing Nagy talk about him today, it's like, wow, he's a good coach. But is he the one, like I'm coming back to it, is he the one to get them over the hurdle? Is he? I, I, I don't think, think with so. A, I think with a better quarterback, I think he could. I don't see a reason why he mm-hmm. couldn't win. If you have this team right now, and, and and Alex Smith had a phenomenal season. I'm not trying to take that away from Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. He had a great season this year. Um, but if you had one of those quarterbacks who goes out and wins games on their own, mm-hmm. if you have a guy like that, this team 
I think they're a favorite in the AFC because back when Alex Smith at the beginning of this season was going out and winning games on his own, mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt was there. That was when he was really taking off. Um, but he was going out there. Think about that Patriots game when he was throwing all over that defense. You're talking about week one. Week one. He was throwing all over that defense. That was the game where he came out there and said, everybody who wants to say the you know the name Mahomes, you shut up and you sit down. <laughs> this is still my team. That's the kind of guy who could have won a Super Bowl. That's why in that stretch of, what was it, five, six games in a row mm-hmm. uh, for wins, we're all talking about how they were a Super Bowl favorite. I'm pretty sure we had the t- conversation on this very podcast, you know, about the Chiefs being a Super Bowl favorite for Super Bowl Lee. Uh, for Super Bowl Lee. But it's that's not what happened the rest of the season. You know, even though he had a great season, he did come back down a little bit. Uh, he's not the guy who can take over the game himself necessarily. Um, and that I think that's really what Andy Reid needs to have. In order to get that success, because you know he's going to get you to the playoffs all the time. Mm-hmm. That's what the man does. He's only missed the playoffs, you know, what six times in his career. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. He can get you there. It just needs to have that guy to help him get it done. I want to ask you this question: Coming mm-hmm. into this year, Andy Reid was in a contract year. However, before the year even started, I believe he signed an extension. That extension is for five more years. So old contract is done. Extension kicks in for this upcoming season. What I want to ask you is this. If we're playing the game of how long does he last, how long do you think Andy Reid, does he last the whole five-year extension? Does he get fired halfway in between? Does he not make it to the end? It's interesting right now because Andy Reid – Let's I'm just looking at one thing. He'll be 60 by the time the next season starts. Mm-hmm. So this next... Um, Which isn't that old for a head coach. No, I mean, you know, you have coaches that coach in their 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you also have coaches who will retire due to health issues or mm-hmm. to actually spend a day or two with their with family. The family. Um, and he might be that kind of guy. Uh, especially because Andy Reid has not necessarily been known for being the healthiest of men out I there. I mean, he's lost some weight. He has. He definitely has. Um, the walrus. Yeah. Well, they don't can't really <laughs> call him the walrus after he just said he lost some weight. No, but he uh, the mustache. Yeah. He looks like a walrus. Um, I still whenever whenever it's cold, I think of uh, um. Oh, who was it? Who was Jeff Fisher with the the mucus mustache? Oh, the I frozen. Thought, uh, I'm thinking. Boogers. I'm thinking college side. No, I think I of uh, Jerry Kill with uh, um, Minnesota. He was the one that had diabetes, mm-hmm. and he had to get his sugar levels up. So it's below freezing, and he's eating an ice cream bar. That's awesome. Hey, <laughs> chocolate eclair on the I sideline. honestly, I would do it myself. <laughs> I would definitely do that. Um, yeah, my my wife always is like, "Why do you want ice cream right now? It's ten degrees mm-hmm. outside." Okay, it's ice cream. It's ice cream. <laughs> like you're telling me, I'm not gonna want to go to a cold stone. But anyways, um, living close to a cold stone has changed my life. Do you? Oh, I live like five minutes away from a cold stone. It's I don't know amazing. where the cold stone. Maybe I go there. You've sometime. never been to a cold stone? I've never been to that one. Oh, okay. I used to be. I one. used to be the. Uh, I'm gonna say the douchebag kid that mm-hmm. would be. I would have like a big thing of pennies. And I would just throw it in the bucket. They'd sing their song. 
throw it in yeah. the bucket, they'd sing their song. For anyone who doesn't know, because I don't know if Cold Stone's a regional thing or what, <laughs> um, it's it's an ice cream place, and when you tip them, they're supposed to sing. They do. I, I don't know if they still do. I don't they know if that's used still to when thing. I was in high school. But if you tip them, they had to sing even a song if it was a penny. about ice cream, um, and they hated people like you. Uh-huh. Uh, so, anyways, about Andy Reid, yeah, uh, and maybe and he Stone. likes ice cream. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's tough because he's at that age where, you know, you get to sixty four, you get to sixty five, mm-hmm. he can keep going. Yeah. And I really don't see if he has the same amount of success, I don't see Kansas City getting rid of him early. I can definitely see another, you know, 13 year run mm-hmm. like a Philadelphia where he just goes as long as he can. The hard thing for Andy Reid was that he had a rough year in 2011, 8 and 8. And then that 4 and 12 year last in the NFC East. That was that was the killer. That was the thing that they finally said, no, we can't do it. If he keeps getting you to the playoffs, I don't see Kansas City being that team to say, sorry, Andy, you got to get out of here. I just don't see it. And the thing I'm looking at right now is that 2013 draft. Huh. Would, would it have been the 2013 draft that followed that 2012 season? Yeah. Well, yeah. It would have been, right? 12-13. Funny thing is, Andy Reid had the number one pick in the draft then because he Mm -hmm. was with the Chiefs. They took Eric Fisher. Yeah, that was a bad year. That was the draft. The Eagles at four took Lane Johnson. Yeah, that was not a good year. Mm -hmm. Like that draft, we should just forget that it ever happened. Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel. Yep. um, Deion Jordan, Lane Johnson, Ezekiel Anza. He's probably the best out of the top five. Yeah. The one probably doing the most out of the top five. Yeah, that was Dean, a rough year. Dean Milner to the Jets. I remember that. Do you remember who the Bears took? In 2013. 20th overall. Was That wasn't the Shea year, was it? No, he's a guard. He's a really good guard. Oh, Gabe Kareem. Nope. No? Nope. Oh, I'm missing Kyle Long. Kyle Long. <laughs> I, well, I said Gabe Kareem, but I was, I was thinking like, Kyle Long. I'm like, Gabe Kareem was, was not like good. 10 years yeah, he's not good. previous to that or whatever. No, I don't remember how good. old Gabe Kareem was. Um, yeah, that was like the one. Mm-hmm. That's like the one lasting um, that, thing from, from that era. That the, was my favorite. Uh, the Emory dra- era. By the way, that was my favorite draft for the Vikings. Yeah. That's the one where we got Sharif Floyd, Xavier Rhodes, and Cordell Patterson in the first round. Where we got all of those guys in day one. And I remember them with their jerseys. But Andy Reid, that's who we're talking about. Final thoughts. Do you think that when the suit, close your eyes. Mm-hmm. They're close. The Chiefs have won the Super Bowl. Good the stuff. confetti is falling. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is cheering. Mm-hmm. Is Andy Reid the head coach? Yes. Okay. I don't, I think. With an no. ice cream cone. I th- I think no when the Chiefs when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl Andy Reid is not the head coach I think I, that he's a good coach mm-hmm. he's going to win the Chiefs games get them in the playoffs but I don't think they win a Super Bowl under Andy Reid I think he'll get one I do within this five year contract or does he have to f- sign another extension depends. Uh... <laughs> Depends on when they'll start to let Mahomes play. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below. Should the Chiefs fire Andy Reid? Will he make it through his five-year extension? Let us know what you guys think in the comment section. But, Mark, let's move on into our final topic before we get into our divisional round preview. 
for this week of games. And what we're looking at is the NFL draft. Both the Onside Kick and the Primetime Podcast. Really how the days work out. It's a dr- double dr- double. Draft day, that's what I'm trying to say. Double draft day, Lamar Jackson and Mason Rudolph is what we talked about on the Primetime Podcast. We're looking at the New York Giants, and really we're talking all quarterbacks today because really the consensus Mm -hmm. is that Darnold or Rosen number one, the other one number two. And the thing that I'm starting to think of is the Giants don't really need a quarterback, because they have Eli Manning. I know Eli Manning's getting old. I know there's some people that are like, you know what, just sit there, either take Rosen, either take Darnold. Maybe if they get Rosen, that'd be a good fit because they'd go to a team that he'd actually want to play for because they'd win games and he wouldn't have to go to Cleveland. Here's what I want to ask you. Is there a chance that or should the Giants trade the number two pick and basically do what teams like the Titans have done, teams like the Browns have done with the Eagles, where we're going to go ahead and trade back because we don't need that quarterback, but there's somebody who does, like the Niners did last year with the Bears. Well, here's, I mean, here's here's where I come on this. I, I think that, sure, the New York Giants can say, we got Eli Manning, mm-hmm. we're okay right now, Um and sure, the New York Giants have quite a bit of other things that they need to address as well. But I don't think that we can sit here and say that they don't need a quarterback. Eli Manning has got, what, two years left? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it? Um, now, drafting Rosen or uh, even if you draft a guy like Baker Mayfield or something like that, you're probably not going to want that guy sitting and not playing until his third year. I mean... Mm-hmm. Everyone likes to reference Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers had a lot of things to work on even though he was taken in the first round. People tend to forget that. that there was a lot of mechanical things for Aaron Rodgers to fix. Um, but I, I do think that they, this is a team that does need a quarterback. Sure, it would be nice to trade back with maybe the Jets because the Jets maybe want to jump over uh, the Broncos to get past them and take the quarterback they want. You know, maybe even a team, uh, you know, an Arizona Cardinals that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's a team that wants to trade up. That's quite a leap to make, but maybe you could do it. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily feel uh, that the New York Giants can pass on a quarterback unless they're sitting there saying, well, we really like Lamar Jackson or something like that. And that's a guy they can get in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even if it's a Baker Mayfield and they can trade back with. You know, I don't know, just throwing a team out there. Maybe the Bucks really want to get up to number two because they really want to take, you know, Chubb, Barkley. Yeah. Take your pick of whoever you want them non- to take. Non-quarterback. Yeah, exactly. And then they can trade back and say, we don't care if the Broncos or the Jets take one because we really like Baker Mayfield and we're okay with having him, the third best quarterback or something of that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just... Could they trade back and if the deal is really good, if they if you make them an offer they can't refuse, maybe it's a good idea. But I don't want to pass up on the fact that the New York Giants do need to take a quarterback. Well, and the thing is, the one thing that I look at is I look at the quarterback needy teams to where the Broncos are obviously one, the Jets are obviously one, the Redskins could be one, depending on what happens to Kirk Cousins. 
And then the Arizona Cardinals could be one. I know we talked about the Cardinals, I think it was last week, with Baker Mayfield. However, what one rumor that's coming out, and I mentioned this on the Primetime Podcast, is if Vikings OC Shermer gets a deal somewhere like Arizona, let's say he goes to Arizona, rumor is Case Keenum's following him wherever he goes, or he's going to try to get Keenum to follow him wherever he goes. Well, the Vikings probably aren't going to keep him. Exactly. So I look at 15 and I look at Arizona and I go, okay, right now I'm kind of penciling that in. Is If they go with a Shermer, they'll go with a vet and then they won't need to draft a quarterback at 15. However, I mean, the other teams, Denver, New York, well, the other Jet team, um, and Washington, the New York to New York connection, will they be willing to work with a New York team because it's kind of like Crosstown rivalry in a sense, different conferences though. And I mean, I don't think they'll be willing to work with the Redskins because they're in the same division. However, the one team that I would try to kind of sucker into it is Denver because the thing that I think is the only reason Denver is looking at a guy like Josh Allen is because in their mind, they're like, Rosen and Darnold are not going to be there at five. So don't let's not even waste anything about scouting them. They're going to be gone. So that's why it's like John Elway going to the Idaho Potato Bowl to watch John Allen or, or Josh Allen. Or a possible smokescreen. Or a possible smokescreen. If I'm the Giants, that's the first team I call is Denver. And I basically go, what would you give me for... What would you give me for the number two pick? It's on the table. And I would try to get them to trade up because I think that John Elway, Josh Rosen just seems like a John Elway guy to me. Just seems like it. And I feel like the only, like I said, the only reason we're not hearing Elway talk about Darnold or Rosen is because in his mind they're going to be off the table. So why even focus on it? I mean, I, I definitely can agree with that to an extent. At the same time, I think that John Elway has made some questionable decisions when it comes to quarterbacks. Excellent. Um, so I'm not going to put it past him to say, mm-hmm. no, I really like this Josh Allen guy. I think I can work with him. You know, it, it reminds me of uh, we get some of these GMs every now and then that want to be the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make really questionable decisions because they think that from 10, 5, 15, whatever it might be, years from now, People are going to be saying that John Elway, he knew something with Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. That was the guy he wanted. Yeah. You know, and they want, they care about the legacy to an extent. But mm-hmm. one of these teams, I, I still think that one of these teams with the Jets and the Broncos are not going to need a quarterback because one of them was, you know, could get a Kirk Cousins, you know, a potential case Smith. Keenum and Alex Smith. Uh, if somehow Eli Manning is no longer part of the Giants, who knows? Mm-hmm. One of these type of uh one of these quarterback needy teams is for sure going to get filled through the offseason. Most likely two of them will really have a clear answer mm-hmm. to where there's no way they're drafting a quarterback. Yeah. Um which I, ones I'm not sure. I mean, with me, I'm putting my money on Arizona being that team. I mean, I know they're lower, mm-hmm. but out of all the quarterback needy teams, they're the team that right now, mainly because of the, um, I could even see Kirk. Eh, I don't know if I could see Kirk there, but 
I think more so on like the, ah, we got a Case Keenum to where, ah, we don't need a quarterback in the first round. Well, even if you have Alex Smith, uh, even if you have Kirk Cousins, I mean, there's two guys right there Mm -hmm. that could fill some spots for for some of these teams. Um, So it'll be be interesting for sure that you have quite a bit of shakeups. But the, the flip side of it, too, is for sure you got New York up there. For sure you got the Browns up there. Uh, that's the top two off the board in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the way I had my mock draft. Um, then with a team like the Broncos or the Jets, if one of them needs a quarterback and they take it, it doesn't matter if the Arizona Cardinals or the Washington Redskins need a quarterback. Are you really going to pull that kind of a reach on Josh Allen or... Uh, you know, I'm I'm counting Baker Mayfield as the third best quarterback here, mm-hmm. um, or a Lamar Jackson. Are you really going to make that kind of a reach for one of these guys that will be there in the second round? Uh, and everybody above you took quarterbacks, so you don't really need to worry about them anymore. Well, I think the question becomes that I was going to ask you is: They drafted Davis Webb. Do you think Davis Webb eventually becomes the guy? Because I don't. No, I and, don't think he becomes the guy at all, although mm-hmm. they're kind of high on him in the Jets organization. I don't think Giants. you do. Well, Giants organization, pardon me, G-Men fans, and I said Giants, but part of me is like if like if you're asking me is Davis Webb the answer, then in that case I'm taking Josh Rosen because no, he's not. Yeah. Or I'm taking well, Darnold, whoever's there. I think if they really thought he was the answer, then... Geno Smith wouldn't have had an opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. They would have skipped right over him and said, let's see what this young guy's got. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Bills did. Yeah, I mean, putting, and you learn pretty quickly that, oh, no, never mind, we need another quarterback. Yep. Um, putting one of these young guys in there is your perfect opportunity to see that. Even if you know they're going to make some mistakes, they're going to do something mm-hmm. dumb. Uh, maybe not like five interceptions dumb, but something. And... New York did not take the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. To me, referencing it as a Chicago Bears fan, this is a day uh, a David fails. You know, this is a yeah, we're just taking a shot on this guy. Maybe he'll turn into something. Oh, not really. Okay, whatever. We can get rid of him. Mm-hmm. We're not that upset about and it. And now he's in Miami with Adam Gase. Exactly. I mean, and he'll probably never play an actual game of football. He did in he, the NFL. I think he played Week Seventeen. Good for him. I think he played Week 17 for the Dolphins. I thought he was in. He I might thought be I remember Dolphins seeing fans. him. In. Let us know if David Fails showed up. I thought he was in Week 17. I could probably look it up, but I just I have a weird feeling with this giant pick that we're going like I I know it's early. It's January. We're talking about this, but I just have this weird feeling with this pick that it's going to get traded. That the Giants aren't going to like. That either one of two things, that the Giants trade it and someone else makes the pick, or we get a Philip Eli situation where it's, we're drafting Josh Allen, or we're drafting Josh Rosen, but we're not taking him. We're eventually trading him to someone else. Like I don't see that, that being the scenario. I think that this pick is getting traded, though. I can see the pick getting traded, sure. Yeah, I just... What I'm saying is it's been a I have, a weird, thing to I have do. a weird feeling that this pick gets traded and the Giants don't take a quarterback. Because well, I, mean, I if, feel if, like they don't need – like they're going to sit there and go, this, I don't need to. If you trade this pick, you're not taking a quarterback. 
No, I know. Because you're trading two quarterback needy teams. No, no, no. What I'm saying is I have a weird feeling that this pick is going to get traded rather than them sit at two and take a quarterback. And my response to that would be that's a dumb decision. Mm-hmm. You you are not going to be in this situation again. It's that simple. It's the same thing with the Colts. And now the Colts did it a little differently. They made with a decision Eli's brother. to get rid of Peyton Manning mm-hmm. because of Andrew Luck. You are not going to be in a good in this particular situation again. If you like these two quarterbacks, they might sit there and say, "Yeah, we don't like either one of those guys." Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But if you like one of these two guys, you will not be in this opportunity again where you get to make this pick. Eli Manning is a good enough quarterback, even though the offense hasn't really shown it very much in the last, like, three years. Um, He's a good enough quarterback. You've got enough pieces. Your defense is good enough to at least get you five, six, seven wins. That's probably the only two, and I'm looking at it right now, the only two teams I would trade. Like, and it all depends on what you feel about Darnold or Rosen. And let's say the Giants don't want either of them. And the Giants are sold on the only, like, if they're like, the only guy I would want is Baker Mayfield. Then in my mind, there's only two teams I'm trading with. The Broncos or the Jets. Because, like, the Broncos, for example, you can sit there, wait to see what the Browns do. Browns take quarterback. Okay, we know they're not going to take quarterback at four. I hope they wouldn't. However, who knows? I don't think either the Colts or the Browns at four would take a quarterback. So then at that point, I can go, all right, let me try to trade this pick to Denver. Denver gets the guy that they want. or But see, then it's a tricky situation. Do you think they're going to, like, you could be sitting there going, we Rosen is this pick. But John Elway could be sitting there going, no, if I trade up, kind of like a Ryan Pace situation. Mm-hmm. No, if I trade up, I'm going with Baker. I'm getting Because he's guy. the guy on my list. Yeah. Like, you don't know who's on whose list, too. Exactly. So the reason why I say five or six is because I feel like out of Allen, Baker, Rosen, or Darnold, whoever's there at two, I feel like right now I'm looking two, five, six. Those are the – I can get it, still get a shot at one of those three at five or six if I wasn't sold on mm-hmm. Rosen at two. And, and I know that maybe you're going to get some, some nice picks out of this, mm-hmm. but – and hell, maybe this is why I'm not a GM in the NFL. But I sit there and I say, if I have the number two overall pick and I'm debating of trying to trade back to five so that way I can get the third best quarterback in the draft who maybe I like enough to be my number one, I'm just going to take him. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to draft him. I'm not going to play games. I'm not going to risk that the Colts or the Browns, a team that loves to trade back, I'm not going to risk that one of them does it. Because last year, you know what I saw? Mm-hmm. Three teams trade for quarterbacks. Three teams trade up. Well, here's what you could do. Not going to risk that again. I'm using an uh, NFL draft pick value calculator. So, of course, it's the value is a little bit under the number two pick. However, it's really close. If This is with the Jets. So, the Giants would give up just the number two pick. And that value is at 2600 Mm-hmm. The value they would be receiving is twenty five forty, so close enough, fairly close. But they would be receiving from the Jets the sixth overall pick, and then the thirty seventh and the forty ninth. So a first and two seconds. Sure, 
just for the Jets to move up from six to nine. But if you're a Jet fan, I don't know if I'd want to do that. Which I'm I'm not ignoring that that's great on on the New York Giants mm-hmm. side. My only thing is, if you're going to sit there and say Baker Mayfield's the quarterback we want. Then why want, not take Baker Mayfield Just draft two. him. Why mm-hmm. risk trading with the jo- the Jets and the Jets going, Baker Mayfield's the quarterback we want, and drafting him, and then you say, shit, now our 10-year plan is gone let because me, the quarterback we wanted is gone. Let me ask you this, and this was before our first mock draft. That's I, assuming that they're that set on that quarterback. Yeah, before mm-hmm. our first mock draft, I had um, referenced Colin Cowherd. And he said, any mock draft that doesn't have Darnold and Rosen 1-2, throw it out the window, you don't take it seriously. That person doesn't know what they're talking about. Darnold and Rosen are 1-2. My question for you with the Giants is, Mm -hmm. I know that we're saying they probably should take a quarterback because Eli's, what, 34? Davis Webb? 37. 37. Davis Webb isn't the answer. So why not take the quarterback that you like at 2 is there a possibility that the Giants, and I know that a lot of this conversation, a Giant fan has probably already said it, guys, why are we having this conversation when they haven't even hired? They've hired a GM, they haven't hired a coach yet. Sure. So that's yeah. going to play into this. But is there a situation where a coach comes in and goes, no, we don't need a quarterback. Let's take, like, there's a chance yeah. that they don't even trade the pick, but they don't even draft a quarterback. They I take, mean, like, a def- Bradley yeah. Chubb or an Orlando Brown there's kind of guy. There's definitely a plenty of opportunity and chance that somebody or a doesn't Saquon want. Barkley. Now, the flip side is the GM might say, I don't give a fuck what you want, mm-hmm. coach. I make the decisions. Yeah. Um, and we don't know how that dynamic's really going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what those plans are. They might say... Well, we don't need it right now because, you know what, we'll just get a free agent quarterback in a couple of years. Or yeah. we'll draft, whatever. Or who we'll knows what try to get do. a Case Keenum. Yeah, who knows what they're going to try and do. Um, so who who really knows on that side? But I don't think – I just stand – I stand here and I look at it and I say, when was the last time the New York Giants were this high in the draft? I don't want to risk missing out on this opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to to me. Quarterbacks are so difficult to get. It's so difficult to get an Eli Manning that when you have the opportunity to do it again, you just got to go for it. You know, you got to go and get your guy. So I'm looking at past drafts for the Giants. Last year, their first rounder was 23rd. Um, 2016, they had the 10th overall pick, took Eli Apple. Ninth, they took Eric Flowers in uh, 2015. They were the ninth pick. Mm-hmm. Um, last time they were in the top five, though, however, wow, I think it might have been, it was Phillip Rivers. They were 4-2. Yeah. Well, it was the Eli Phillip Rivers draft was when they were that high in the draft. Other than that, I mean, the last time they were in the top 10 besides that was 1997 when they took, um, wow, that was it. Those are. Two good first picks for them in that draft. Ike Hilliard, the wide receiver at seven. And then the second round, they took Tiki Barber. So, I mean, that. You don't get in the top 10 that often if yeah. you're the New York Giants. It's been top a. Five, it, it's been especially. a lot. They had the fifth pick and took Cedric Jones in 96. But otherwise, it's a lot of outside the um, and that's a top good, five. That's a good problem to have. But if you want to keep having that problem, get the quarterback you want now. Mm-hmm. Even and I and I hate to say it because they already disrespected Eli Manning, but even if you have to, even though I 
I, I'm still, I still say that the consecutive start record doesn't matter. You were never going to beat Brett Favre anyways. But anyways, um, you've already disrespected him, so I, I mm-hmm. hate to say it this way, but even if you have to hurt Eli Manning, even if you have to upset him, even if somehow it ruins the relationship and he's gone in a year, you, you can't pass it up. You can't pass up an opportunity to get your guy of the future. That's little, what's important. A little bit of pre-Mark Weber history. So this is before you were born. Mm-hmm. 1981 draft. This was the last time the Giants had the number two pick there you in go. the NFL draft. Do you know who they took with that pick? No, it was 1981. I was not alive. I'll give you a hint. He was a Hall of Famer. Or he is a just, Hall of Famer. Just tell me. Lawrence Taylor. The reason why they took Lawrence Taylor, guess who their quarterback was in 1980? Just tell me. 25-year-old Phil Simms. Oh, one Phil year Sims. pro. So he was a young quarterback. They need, didn't need to take one. Interesting. Very so they interesting. They went with Lawrence Taylor, second overall. Any final thoughts on this before we move on into the divisional round preview? I'm still holding true that the New York Giants draft a quarter, uh, draft quarterback. I am, That's all I got. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I just have a weird feeling that this pick is going to get traded. I have a weird feeling that I have a weird feeling that the more so on ownership, they're going to be like. We've already pissed off Eli and the Manning family once. Let's not do that again. He's 37. Who cares? We'll we'll worry about quarterback some other time. I hate to put it that way, but he's 37. Mm -hmm. He hasn't been performing the way he used to. Who cares? I wouldn't be surprised if they trade the pick, although I'm with you. If you're thinking quarterback, just draft the one you want at number two. Just go ahead and draft it. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think. Will the Giants trade the pick? Will they draft a quarterback? Will they not draft a quarterback? Let us know what you guys think down below. Our next mock draft, however, coming out in less than a week. If you're seeing this on YouTube, if you're on Blog Talk Radio, it'll be in a week from now. As the camera died, you're looking at our logo, but let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But, Mark, let's end the podcast like we have been for the last week. Now that the playoffs are here, we only get four games. This is the last week where we'll have four games. The next week we'll have two games. Mm -hmm. And then the week after that we'll have no games games because the Pro Bowl. And then we'll have one game. We can preview the the dodgeball match. Do they still do that? Oh, yeah. Do they? Year two. Even if it's NFC, AFC? They've only ever done it when it's AFC. Okay, I thought they did it when it was the like nope. fantasy. Last draft year was too. the first year they did the the dodgeball. Okay, I didn't watch. Game, I'll be completely honest. Didn't watch the Pro Bowl last year. I didn't watch the Pro Bowl, but I watched the dodgeball. The one thing game, that was the, great. The one thing I always find funny mm-hmm. is my last girlfriend. So my last ex girlfriend. I remember this was had to be like twenty twelve. I remember she was going to be in the fantasy football league. It with needs us. to be said though, you don't need to say last ex girlfriend. Yeah, I That's know. What ex means. Well, I have a lot of ex girlfriends. It could sure. have been the first one, but the last girlfriend I had mm-hmm. was. I remember chuckling a little bit because she wanted to be in the fantasy league before we broke up, and she was watching the Pro Bowl, taking notes on who she should draft, and I'm sitting there going. Oh, that's cute. You don't watch the Pro Bowl for that. You no. don't watch the Pro And I remember her going, that Kyle Rudolph is really good. I'm going to draft him. I was like, okay, we'll see. Have fun with it. We'll see. You can take Kyle Rudolph if you want. Although, I heard something about Kyle Rudolph in the last, like, two seasons. Mm-hmm. The only other tight end to have more touchdowns than him is Gronk. And it's only, like, two or three touchdowns. Maybe four touchdowns more. He has 50 touchdowns well, I mean, where in else, two seasons. Where else were you going to throw the ball? Stefan Diggs and Phelan the Thielen. 
Yeah, but I mean, you're talking that about the was last just two this seasons? Year. Yeah, that was this yeah. year's one of them. Exactly. So, I mean, Kyle Rudolph has been the safety blanket. However, we're previewing games. We'll get to that Viking team. But how we're going to do it is we'll go right through the order that we will see them. The first one we'll preview, the one that will probably be, I'm saying it's going to be the joke, hashtag joke of the week. The Falcons at 10-6, and six, they're the three-point favorite over the home team, 13-3 and three, Philadelphia Eagles. Mark, what are you thinking from this game? Problem is the Eagles just don't have much of an offense right now. With mm-hmm. Carson Wentz not being there, it's just not – nobody's showing up to play offense anymore. And uh, as much as we all love Nick Foles here in Most Valuable Podcasts, you know, he is just as good as Peyton Manning. Even better. Um, could be even better. Could be even better if he throws eight touchdowns in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh I just have no reason to believe that Atlanta is not going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I mean, ever since Wentz got injured, you played three games, and it was, yeah, you scored 34 points, but it was against the Giants. They've basically given up on the world this season by that point. Then the Raiders, who they have a pretty tough defense, and you only scored 19. But then Dallas, who is probably the best of those three, with Zeke back, and you don't get any points. I know your defense holds them to six. However, you don't. And I know Nick Foles didn't play in that one. I think that was Nate Sutfeld um, who played that game, who used to be a Minnesota Viking for a little bit. However, fun fact, I just think this game, the Falcons looked really good against the Rams Yeah, to where I think that they're going to carry over momentum to where the Eagles, the week, like this Eagle team, because they don't have Carson Wentz, probably would have benefited from playing the wild card because then they could get a win, then carry some momentum in. No, they would have been one and done. This Falcon train is already moving. And like you mentioned before we started recording this segment, it was like, wow, it's a shame that the Falcons are just going to get an easy road right to the NFC title game. Yeah. Maybe even the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, this is, this is the momentum they need. I mean, to be Mm -hmm. honest, I, it reminds me of the the Green Bay Packers when they won their Super Bowl as the last wild card team to do it. Yeah, and just drive their way straight through, keep building momentum, keep feeling good about yourself. Got a nice uh, quarterback who's going all in. Got a good run game. You know this defense in Atlanta is pretty good. I like everything about this team for the most part. Um, when this team is on, they're on. The problem, mm-hmm. of course, long-term, and this won't necessarily be a Philadelphia issue, is I think that the offense is a little bland and predictable, um, and I think that'll be their undoing when they play, if they play mm-hmm. a uh, you know like a Minnesota Vikings or something like that. Well, I'm going to add a little curveball at you. Not just make your pick, but make mm-hmm. your pick and give us a score. Um, sure, it's going to be uh, the Falcons at 27 and the Eagles 10. I'm going to say 28-13. That's what I'm going to go with. Falcons 28 to 13. They go ahead and get the win. I'll give the Eagles a 13 spot, but the Falcons going to win by big here. Then the other game, which Saturday could be the blowout games. Um, the night capper for Saturday will be the Tennessee Titans at 9 and 7 playing the New England Patriots. The Patriots are almost a two touchdown favorite at 13 and a half. What are you thinking from this one? The Titans and the Pats. I mean, this is this is going to be a dangerous game, right? You got a team uh, in in the Titans that the defensive backs it's a little questionable for them, uh, and you got Tom Brady on the other side. Mm-hmm. I really think Tom Brady is just going to pick apart this offense. 
I'm sorry, this defense. He's going to have no problem doing it. Now, I do think that Derrick Henry can make a, make an impact in this game mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but the rest of the offense is not much of anything to get that excited about. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe Mariota will throw the ball to himself again, and that'll be fun to watch. But that only was awesome. In, only that in was highlights. Awesome. Um, you know, if the and I and I never even looked further into it. If the rumors were true that Mariota was calling the plays himself, was he? Um, that's what people were saying. I think it was after the first quarter that he just was calling plays himself. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, maybe he is. Maybe he's not. I don't really know. That's just what people were talking about. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Does he keep doing that or or not? Uh, the unfortunate thing I think that the Tennessee fans out there are feeling is that Malarkey is going to be back now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to fire their coach, which is kind of what they were hoping for, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was a lot of hope for the Josh McDaniels yeah. connection to help Mariota. Uh, yeah, I just think that Tom Brady's going to tear this team apart is really what it comes down to. Yeah, this one, I think, like I said, the Saturday games, I think, are blowouts. I think that it's going to be Saturday is very underwhelming. Sunday, I think, is going to be amazing. And, like, this one... I'll go first. I'm going to say Patriots 35 to 10, maybe 35 7. I don't think it's going to, eh, 35 10. We'll go 35 10. I think that the offense blows the door off everything, and the Patriots defense, yeah, they're not like a big, like threatening defense, but I think they'll have no problem beating the Titans, who will basically be shut down early in this one and basically be like, well, we showed up. It was nice. How about you? Like I said, I think Tom Brady is going to destroy this this <laughs> defense. Um, but I'm going to give you know I'm going to give Derrick Henry some some respect here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking like you know forty two seventeen. Okay. I mean Tom Brady just lights it up. But mm-hmm. Tennessee, you know they'll they'll make some 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 noise every now and then. What about these Sunday games? The next one, we've got the Jaguars going into Pittsburgh. Last time these two teams played, the Jaguars got the win week 5, 30-9. Big Ben threw five picks. What are you thinking coming into Jaguars and Steelers? Do you think by any chance that they, uh, they're picking up the phone in Jacksonville and calling any Anybody, any quarterback that doesn't have a job right now and saying, uh, hey, what, what have you been up to lately? Uh <laughs> Think you can learn our playbook in the next week? Blake Bortles, what he had more rushing yards than passing yards. Yeah, oh wait, yeah, way mm-hmm. more. Um, yeah, definitely his. I mean, and, and it was like a first half thing. I mean, he did nothing in the first half, and then the second half, he was just like, well, well, can't throw the ball. I guess I'll, I'll be, just run it. I'll be honest. Ever since week thirteen, they've only scored over ten points twice. Yeah, it's they scored. Or, I'm sorry, I was looking wrong. Ever since. Week so the last two games ever since week fifteen they've only scored over ten points once that's what I was I was reading the win losses wrong but at the same time this Jacksonville defense is fucking amazing mm-hmm. uh, and that's what just keeps them in you know th- this is going to be a low scoring matchup to me and part of it's because Jacksonville can't do anything mm-hmm. but then the other side is that the Jacksonville defense is so good that Pittsburgh's going to have trouble doing anything mm-hmm. so. Uh, if you like defense, you'll like this game, but you're going to have to sit there and watch Blake Bortles be bad as well. Give your prediction before I give mine, because this Pittsburgh. is one— Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh is going to win. This is one to me where 
The defenses will shine. Yes, the Pittsburgh offense is better than the Jaguar offense. However, it's going to be whichever team, whichever defense can make more plays. The thing that I think will hurt the Pittsburgh Steeler defense is they've looked like a completely different defense after the Ryan Shazier injury. Sure. And that I think will hold them back a little bit. But it doesn't matter. What's Blake Bortles going to do? What's your prediction? Who you got? Well, it's going to be Pittsburgh, and it's going to... Going going against your uh, full Super Bowl. You picked the Jaguars when we did the full bracket. Yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> but then the wild card then I, then I watched Blake Bortles play <laughs> in the wild card, and I thought he could do enough, and I was proven <laughs> wrong. Uh, yeah, 14-6. to six. I'm going to go on a similar note. I'm going to say 17-13 Jaguars, and that's going against... My original. You think that some points are going to get scored? I said, That's interesting. Well, I said the Steelers. Uh, remember when you go back to my Super Bowl prediction? I said, well, it's easy. Patriots, Steelers, don't even say anything else because it's a walk in the park. Well, conference. Yeah. What I think is going to happen is I think this Steeler offense is going to get stopped a few times by this Jaguar defense. Oh, for sure. And what I think mm-hmm. will happen is Leonard Fournette will pick it up a little bit. They will score a little bit more than they did in the last one, 17-13. Jaguars get the victory and will play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Let's move on to the last game. And this is me not just saying this because the Vikings are in this game, but this will be the best game of the week, book it. This will be the most exciting game from beginning to end, and this will be the game we are talking about next week on the podcast. Like, oh my God, this was amazing. I mean, that you're basically being like, all right, we got these movies you can watch. One directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> the other one, a bunch of second graders. Have fun. Which one do you want to watch? Like, it, these these are not so, comparisons. So you're telling me Steven Spielberg classic, Adam Sandler newer movie. Yeah, kind Not of. like Happy Gilmore, newer movie. Essentially. <laughs> and it's, yeah, I mean, they're not even on the same page here. I mean, this is a great matchup. Mm-hmm. You have a the... You know, one of the best defenses, if not the best defense uh, in Minnesota with a team that scores quite a few points. Then you Mm -hmm. have one of the highest scoring teams with another defense that doesn't let teams score that much. Um, You know, it's kind of cool where you have one of the best, one of the best, and then just really good Mm -hmm. as well. So this is going to be really interesting to see. Um, I don't think, and and I know you... Ricky loved to say, oh, well, we beat the Saints. Um, it's completely different. One. It was week one. Completely different. This is a different team. This is mm-hmm. a different game. This is going to be interesting. The thing I will say, if we are to see Drew Brees, mm-hmm. the guy who we just saw destroy, well, I shouldn't say destroy because it was a close game, but mm-hmm. Drew Brees himself was near flawless against the Carolina Panthers. If we see that Drew Brees come out here and play against the Minnesota Vikings, I really don't care how good that defense is. He, Like I said, he was near flawless in that game. Where he will make this great defense look average. Not a chance. You're, you're a fan. Well, I, no, you're a fan. I'm, and I'm not speaking as a fan. Mm. Here's what, and this was my thoughts. Don't disrespect Drew Brees. No, no, no. This was my thoughts mm-hmm. after the Panther game. That whole game I was rooting for the Panthers. Didn't want to see the Saints. Well, you got to claw up. Mainly because, like, 
I told Brandon, and part of this is a joke, so don't take it really serious. I shouldn't even joke. I'm not going to make the joke. Executive decision, I'm not going to make the joke. Basically, the joke was going to be, I'm going to be really, really sad if the Vikings lose to the Saints yet again. Yet again in the playoffs if we lose to the Saints. I'm not going to say what the joke I was going to make. It's, it'd be too insensitive. However, my thoughts after that Panther game was, all right, the Panther defense shut down the Saints' rushing attack. Check. We could do that. However, the Saints or the Panthers' offense couldn't do anything. Why couldn't they do anything? First off, their rushing attack isn't that special. Check. Ours is better. Then, oh, wait, they don't have any wide receivers besides Olsen and Devin Funchess. Check. We've got better receivers. So to me... The reason why the Panthers lost, well, if we're going microcosm, it was that dropped pass in the end zone in the first quarter. But the Panthers didn't win because the only way the Panthers were going to win is if Cam Newton willed them to a victory. That wasn't going to happen. The Vikings are a more complete team. We have a better rushing attack. We have better receivers. Case Keenum's a quarterback that doesn't usually turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. Great recipe for success. Drew Brees is great. Drew Brees' offense is better. I was completely shocked that Ted Ginn caught that 80-yard pass because usually that goes whoop right between his hands and onto the turf. But if this Viking defense shuts down the run like the Panthers' defense did last week, I don't think Drew Brees is going to be able to do it all himself. This game will be the closest of any of the games I think it will be decided on a fourth-quarter field goal. Which I'm will going be missed. Vikings. 27-24. I do want to point out, um, however, because it's fun, uh, that your running game is not better, actually, than the Carolina Panthers. Statistically, they have a better running game than you, but that's because of Cam Newton. No, um, I'm, I'm talking about like, the, running the running backs is yeah. what I'm saying. I'm, I just wanted to point out like, because it's fun. Like You're that, telling no, me, you're telling me that Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon – have not looked better consistently than what we saw the Panthers running last backs. Weekend. Yeah, sure. no, no, that's what I was I'm talking saying. about running game. Clarify, I'm talking running backs yeah. because we don't have Cam Newton. Yeah, you could get one. Yeah, you could get one. Another, you can get Lamar Jackson. Another thing I want to mention fun. though, before you give your prediction, mm-hmm. yeah, the last three games we played were Bengals, Packers, Bears. So I mean, that wasn't anything. But the last big opponents we played, Detroit was a shootout that we had to win on the road, but. The Panthers only beat us because Cam Newton willed them to that victory. He had that big run that sealed the game. Yeah. He had, what, three touchdowns in that game. He won them that game. That's the only way the Panthers were going to win. Matt Ryan, we only kept him to nine points. Jared Goff, we only kept him to seven points. So Vikings defense just show up when we win the game. However, sure. I think it'll be close. 27-24, Vikings win. We'll play the Falcons mm-hmm. in Minnesota, NFC Championship game. It's, it's tough. I mean, there's no denying how good the Minnesota Vikings defense is. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's one of the best, if not the best defense in, in the NFL. Um, but the when you look at the offenses, when I compare them, I'm taking Drew Brees over Case Keenum. No one's going to be upset about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Orleans Saints running game is better than the Minnesota Vikings game. Not by a ton, but by a bit. It's a little bit better. Um, but you could push those. I would give you a push. On those. Well, I'm only I'm going more so too off of how that rushing attack looked last week against 
a defense that I would say is less than our defense. Sure. Good, but, but overall, less than our defense. Yeah, sure, but overall I'm going to give them a little bit more credit. Um, obviously the Vikings defense is better. I think we'll get a really close game, but I can't ignore Drew Brees. If Drew Brees wants to go out there and he wants to win this game, I think he'll do it. Mm-hmm. I think he will do it. Um, and I and I still think if things get rough, Teddy Two Gloves might make an appearance. They might just throw him out there and see. Um I honestly could see not a super high-scoring game mm-hmm. out of this uh, because I think that the Saints could struggle a little bit to get started, uh, and I think a lot of their scoring will probably come towards the end of the game um, when things really start to get moving, uh, and it comes to not desperation time, but when they really need to get that win. Uh, and the flip side being that I just, you know, I don't know, Case Keenum in the playoffs, mm-hmm. it might get to his head. Not saying it will, I'm just saying it might get to his head. Most important position for the Vikings, there will be two players that I look at. Trey Waynes, Xavier Rhodes. And another reason, and this is me comparing it to last week, mm-hmm. one of the big things that the Saints were able to target with the Panthers was I think it was Bradbury. Bradbury, who's the main number one corner for the Panthers, they didn't do that thing where, oh, he shadows the number one receiver. Yeah. So what was happening was, or they did, it was one of the two, but basically Michael Thomas had, yeah, they did. So Michael Thomas was left wide, basically left wide open because the next best corner for the Panthers isn't anything to write home about. It'll be a tougher matchup with, mm-hmm. you know what, put Ted Ginn or, um, fucking Michael Thomas on either side, we don't even need to have him switch. We might have him switch, but Trey Wayne, Xavier Rhodes, our corners are better. So, I mean, it's going to be a tougher matchup. I'm not saying that's automatically putting us with the win. I'm just feeling a little confident heading into this one, but I do think it'll Mm -hmm. be a close one. Three-point victory is what I'm going with. I'm going to go. I'm picking the Saints. Um, They are my Super Bowl winner. Just to break my heart. After all. You just want to break my heart. I just believe in Drew Brees right now, and I, I think he can get it done. I love the mm-hmm. run game and all that good stuff. Um, but I'll give you the very close game, 23-21. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below. One interesting fact I got to read off. Adam Schefter, our Schefter had a tweet yesterday, which was Monday, that said the experienced versus unex- inexperienced, the amount of playoff games, Brady has 34. Mariota has one. Roethlisberger has 20. Bortles has one. Matt Ryan has nine. Foles has one. Drew Brees has 12. Case Keenum has zero. So it's basically experience versus inexperience for every single game. But let us know what you guys think down below. A little bit of housekeeping here at the end. If you like what we're doing here on the podcast, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast for $10. You could be on the podcast with Mark and I talking about whatever topic you would like to talk about. I believe it was for December we had Christian on. and Well, actually, Christian and Patrick. We both talked uh, We talked yeah. Bears, and then we talked Jimmy Garoppolo with Christian. So you could be on the podcast, too. Check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Also, we're selling MVP t-shirts. That's all in the description. You can check that out today. 
Then if you're on iTunes or you have an iTunes, please go and give the Onside Kick a five-star rating. It would mean the world to us. Then last but not least, check out mostvaluablepodcast.com. That's where everything for Most Valuable Podcast is going to be. A brand new website. Thanks to our patrons. So another thanks to our supporters on Patreon. want to thank you guys for either watching, either listening. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.